All right, welcome back to Web3 Whispers. Today we're doing the artist chat edition here. As always, yeah. I'm with my co-host Steve. We're still uh, we're still working. We're still working on the title. We're thinking. Uh, I'm mixing it up it? all the time. Broad strokes and furious. Broad stroke episode. Artist spotlight. I don't know. We're getting, we'll, I feel like we'll there's a dirty joke in there somewhere. Yeah. You know, it's like... <laughs> oh, it's broad yeah, strokes she... is close. Yeah, lemon. <laughs> like, what is it? The uh, garlic. Stro- what What is that freaking phrase from? Have Have either of you guys watched the league? No, oh no, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, it's I like think it's lemon that one. vinegar stroke. Yeah. Vine- I can't vinegar. remember. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's that's yeah. Face. That. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So we're getting close there. But um, anyways, we have we have Jordan here. He's from the uh, Ragnarok team, a character modeler over there. And and you know, we we think that it's important to do an episode on on the artists behind in the NFT space, the artists in these projects, because I think that a lot of times, and you guys may have heard us you know, cover similar things in, in past podcasts where we talk about how a lot of times people will look past the artists straight to the, you know, the, the devs, the, the founders, et cetera. But I mean, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of what we're, what we're looking at, a lot of what our NFT is, is art. And that's the first thing that we see, the first thing that draws us to a project. And so we do think it's important to, to interview the artists as well and get their thoughts and perspectives. And hopefully by the end of this podcast, you guys will have shifted your uh, perception of the artist a little bit. And, you know, you can empathize with them a little bit more and, and hopefully we bring a little bit more value to the artists too from this podcast. That's that's what we're hoping. These are these are these are lofty quixotic goals, but uh, I think if we can get even a little bit of the way there, then we're succeeding somewhere. So, um, <laughs> and dreams. Exactly. So, Jordan, uh, introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us uh, tell us a little bit about who you are. So yeah, I'm Jordan. I'm Jordart on Twitter, and uh, I've been you know started working in the EFT space pretty recently, probably at like the tail end of last year's is when I first became involved with the project. Awesome. Um, but before that, you know, I was doing a lot of graphic work, just kind of hustling streetwear and then doing some, you know, album covers, posters for mm-hmm. bands, you know, video content, Instagram content. Mm-hmm. I have a band called Trickum that, awesome. that I was pushing pretty hard last year with my cousin. So you really uh, could have gone music NFTs or you know artwork. Well, we were <laughs> way. into it, and and Justin, my cousin, he's so he's a yeah, he's a pretty great dude, and mm-hmm. uh, we worked really hard on Trick. Um, he produces like he did like the first uh, couple of tuber records. Talented guy, and he and he was like, you gotta get into like this crypto thing. He's like, I can't figure it out. And so all last year, it was just us like buying every top, <laughs> and <laughs> the lows. And, but that's how you learn. You know what I yeah. mean? Exactly. It's funny. It's funny too that you say that because I feel like a lot of the people that ended up in the space aren't like the person that found it in their like social circle. They're like the person that someone who found it in their social circle like mentioned it to, and then they're like they get interested and they get into it, and they're like, yeah, like the way I got into the space. Yeah, they're always like, yeah, the way I got in. Yeah, exactly. The way I got into the space is like my buddy mentioned it to me. He couldn't figure it out, and he's like, you should try this thing out. And then like, what do you know? It like the the person who was mentioned to is the person that's like most deeply involved. Exactly. They're like, you do it, nerd. Like, yeah, exactly. like you're the tech guy. You're you're in the van with the tech. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so NFTs, it basically just was something I got into because I was like I had mentioned that you know I, I was like in the cold, so I'm like trying mm-hmm. to like it's Bitboy, is this guy for real? Wolverine guy, you too. <laughs> um, I I knew right away the moon. I was like, this is not our guy. <laughs> but like, so I, I wasn't completely clueless, but then I was like, I need to. I'm going to go on Twitter, which I had, I had abandoned a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's how, you know, I kind of got at the CT. I was like, you know, this is kind of fun. And then um, that was really what kind of brought me into it. 
-hmm. And then my first project that I worked, it's kind of funny. The first project I worked on, like you look back and you're like, you realize like how obvious, (laughs) how obviously not kosher the situation was. (laughs) But This is his preface to the rug. Yeah, yeah. So, Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, the project itself isn't a rug, but I just don't think I ever really, like, I think I've been basically working with this guy and, and we have been doing videos and stuff together for trick and he's like yo i'm i'm that's project and mm-hmm. the first one he, he had been part of i was like mm-hmm. but this one <laughs> sounded pretty good and it, it was a uh, cereal club cereal club and and so he goes he's like yeah it just feels but this is great and and honestly in retrospect my i really wouldn't have gotten involved with that i don't but I, yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a that's a common story too. I feel like in this space, right? It's like you kind of have to have those uh, non-kosher, like almost failure moments. Yeah. You know, yeah, because they. I mean, it's. I mean, you know, not to get too philosophical here, but that's just like life itself, right? Like you kind of have to have those those failures are kind of what shift you and and bring you into a certain space and and <laughs> crypto god. You got to thank crypto god for the uh, the successes that you have, but you know, you learn from the failures. So we're glad you're here. No, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's cause so like I get in and, um, I'm on the team. Like I've, I've talked to the guys a couple of times, but then I started realizing that I, I was kind of like almost like Fiverr, but not even Fiverr for this guy. <laughs> like, like I was on the discord and I'm all like, yo, I'm so popular in the discord right now. And then, <laughs> but then he started hitting me up and he'd be like, Hey, how are we doing on the discord? And then I was like, Oh, I'm doing the discord for him. You just realized slowly <laughs> that you had become the mod. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're like I'm a moderator as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just—I think it was just kind of also that you know they were all you know really good at hustling and laying things down. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, again, you got to get in and work to see what kind of projects do you want to be a part of and what kind of projects are gonna really speak to you. Right. And like with Serial Club, all those guys were actually like super fun and nice as people. Mm-hmm. But like I remember, I was doing you know drawings and art. And just kind of submitting that for like the Twitter or whatnot. And I just kept running into issues like uh like I, I would try to do like a some specials. Like I had done one that was like almost like a like a nuclear reactor because they mm-hmm. have that open top. And I was like, this is a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. But like you send it to those guys and they're like, No, like we want a <laughs> cop, we want a fireman. <laughs> <laughs> they're I like, well, the, I want a denim jacket with a shielding collar. Like they, they just <laughs> We just weren't on the same page, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I, I departed before they launched or whatever. So, um, <laughs> but I wish them well. I I, they, I think they are really serious about what they're doing. I, although it, I stay in the Discord just to kind of to keep an eye on it. And it, it's, it's just funny because I think they're coming out with some kind of like Chris Brown cereal. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not it's for me to, get, to wrap my mind around exactly what, <laughs> yeah. what this project yeah. is doing. Just yeah, it was me. like Bree- Breezy's Crunch or something. And I was like, man, I'm glad I didn't buy these. <laughs> yeah. I've only, I'm glad I've only have 50 or 60 of these things. Oof, that would have been bad if I minted a ton. <laughs> exactly. But um, oh, and so then I basically just got involved with the Wasis. And, and I would say for, for younger or, or newer artists, to get involved with the Wasi community is mm-hmm. I would yeah. highly recommend it. It's very supportive. There's tons of artists. They're always posting content. 
Um, and there are other projects, you know, like the Tubbies have Tubby Tuesday. But mm-hmm. there's something about Wasi Wednesday, and I think it's the fact that they do have that prize where they're actually doling out one of these Wasis every week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That really, you know, you get, get some skin in the game, and it enables people who, like, you know, I think Wasis are a little low right now. But even still, that's not something most people, a lot of people, especially an artist, can afford mm-hmm. right off the bat. Yeah, and true. it kind of I mean, gives them an opportunity to get in. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think there's a lot of cultural pull with the Wasis and stuff like that, too. It's like a, a very crypto native um, creature. You know what I mean? It's not like it's like, oh, it's a bear or a bull or, you know, like a giraffe. It's like kind of made up, right? Like it's like kind of mm-hmm. a mix like between like a, uh, I don't even actually know, like like some like little platypus or something, <laughs> like a standing, I don't know, it's kind of hard to tell. Like Yeah, like a it's, platypus, it's so penguin, but there's kind of stuff yeah. in salamandery. Yeah, it, but it's hilarious, and it's like <laughs> you don't looking. find that on anything. Yeah, you don't find that anywhere else, right? It's not like this is like a you know a, a club. You know, there's like a soccer club named the Wasi Club or something like that. Like it's like only for crypto Twitter. Exactly, and 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 then the whole story because like there was the one there was you know the original artist who I'm spacing at right now, but then I know Maru I think was then with the guy who came up with like the legend behind it. Mm-hmm. And 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 the cool thing about that whole space too is they're doing a lot of cool stuff with like Creative Commons licenses, and and just letting people generate wasi stuff, explore and explore derivatives, and they're not hammering them with cease and desists. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I gotta tell you, there are sometimes even very recently, sometimes projects come out, and you definitely see it, especially when it's like on a different chain mm-hmm. that are like a. I don't even know if calling it a derivative is fair. It's really just a <laughs> copy rip. and paste. It's straight, a straight rip. rip. Yeah. A, yeah. Like, yeah. um, I don't want to name them. I don't, you know, I don't want to ruin anyone's bags, but I would just say, <laughs> watch out for that and be careful. Cause you know, a lot of the derivatives projects, you know, I think some of the Wasi's ones or if you have a built-in support system and everyone had like is in love with these types of characters that could work. But yeah. It, it people like to pretend the art doesn't matter but it, it really does yeah no i mean that's a that's a really important point too i mean i think even uh matthias and i had a little twitter conversation about it like when i when we were first, when i was first talking to you actually it was kind of the inspiration for the tweet but i was just thinking like you know after azuki's came out there was a lot of projects that kind of started doing similar you know i think the anime like the anime nft space blew up after azuki um, and so there were a lot of projects that I would say were derivatives, but there are also some projects that were like almost copy and paste. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it, and it kind of got me like th- baby Azuki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and then it kind of got me thinking too. Like, I was like, well, like, you know, maybe mimicry does bring value to the original project. Like, you know, that saying that everyone always says, like, mimicry is the sincerest form of flattery. Um, I think like there's a certain for the original project. I think if the the project that's mimicking, you know, does all right, it kind of brings value back to the original, um, and it kind of acts as like an access point for some people that maybe couldn't get into the original. But I think from an artist standpoint, and and even from my standpoint, like that can be. Uh, <laughs> I think that's just a little bit too uh, lackadaisical, like almost just like a lazy thing. Yeah, I I know I completely agree. And then I think also part of what's happening is. Things that are purely deflationary or have a such a finite supply, because, you know, I'm not going to get all like Michael Saylor, but even like gold, <laughs> like, it, it's super limited, but like you can always dig up more gold. 
NFT projects are so limited mm -hmm. that you can't really expand too much. And I think mm -hmm. that that kind of limits them in a way. So derivatives, I think, are a sign that a project is healthy and people want to get involved. Mm -hmm. And I think it's about, um, you know, the NFT project itself, the originator figuring out a way to, to scale, to say, okay, there's only ever going to be, you know, Tubby's was a larger collection, 20,000 of these. Mm -hmm. Or, but there's some smaller ones. Like I think Cryptoon Goons is like seven. Mm -hmm. And okay, we have to have enough so that people can get in the game if they're not able to spend thousands of dollars on this. Right. And feel yeah. like yeah. they're part of it. And if we don't, someone's going to pop up a derivative right or a mm -hmm. project that's a knock and people are going to get into that and so it's funny and it's difficult because so much of nfts is about access it's about mm -hmm. being part of the smaller club but i i and i'm i'm, I'm this is something i was reading on twitter just today but i forgot to mention it but it's like you know you have the board apes and then you have the mutants but then you have the kennel club and the kennel club they're like it's like if you're a board ape, you're like, yeah, you're in the kennel club, dude. Like, <laughs> like if you don't have the board ape, yeah. you don't even really have utility. Although that's the most like overused word. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's really like the intent of the mimicking project or the derivative project because I've mm -hmm. seen ones that do a really good job because their their intent is like. They want to build a community. The art really resonated with them. They loved it. You know, like they want to take the ethos and kind of run with it. And then you have ones that are just like, oh, okay, the Asian theme or whatever, Azuki is popular. We'll make, you know, right-facing Azukis and people will buy it. We will just rug <laughs> and we're good. Like, you know, they're just like, oh, this, you know, there's product market fit and that's all they're looking for. Yeah, but one, one, intent. yeah, I agree. And like one side to that, like, you know, your example of like just taking Azuki, Azuki and flipping it to the right side, like that's opportunistic, right? Whereas like, I feel like, the derivatives if they have the right intent if they address that they that that's their intent if they address that you know they're just kind of running with the ethos and trying to create something that you know is also um art it's not copy and paste it's not opportunistic necessarily but it still brings some value to the people that want to get into it and maybe at a lower point then i think that's where things are a little bit healthier and a lot less toxic you probably won't see you know i'd say 99 percent of the of the copy and paste projects or maybe a little bit less are, uh, are are rugs but the derivative projects if they come in with the right intent the right ethos and the you know they address that that's why they're getting into the space then i think those ones are the ones that you can have a little bit more confidence getting into yeah i mean i feel like it's so it's almost so easy to tell i feel like when you're looking especially <laughs> like not, that that is a rug like yeah, it's got, yeah. like it they have the look man like it like, <laughs> they feel like a rug that look they look like, like it a was rug. Made, yeah and then yeah, it's probably it, a rug yeah exactly they, they look it looks like art from like some ad for an insurance company on youtube yeah. like, this is, this like is that's the geico gecko right there like i'm telling exactly. you right now <laughs> it's not cool yeah I, I mean i think, I think the problem too is that people just aren't willing to put in the work to like you know one they get they get fomo and then you know everything is like now 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 and then on the other hand, they're just not willing to put into the work to kind of feel out the community, feel out the team before they get in. You know what I mean? So I think that that, yeah. that kind of plays against people with rugs. 
Yeah, and the for momentum sure. trading for yeah, sure. Like you exactly. know, it's just like people like, oh, okay, Zuki's are good. The second place Suzuki should, you know, whatever right facing Suzuki should do a little bit. If I'm early, then we're fine. Yeah, but it's just not a good idea. Like exactly. I mean, I could see it as like a side chain, kind of like a canary chain for like you know, um, polka dot or something like that, where you could mm -hmm. have a derivative that you know gets a little bit more open to like artistic interpretation or like goes against kind of brand but you know it's the same mm -hmm. you know like yeah punk azukis or something like something yeah. completely different but i i feel like the team has to be not antagonistic to it as well like it has to be the right environment 100%. Um, you know you can't make like something like really bad if you made something really like i don't know super um you know dicey or you know controversial and and brand it like Azuki's uh, or punks or whatever mm -hmm. it would not look good on the punks or the zuki it just like you couldn't do anything about it but it would just look bad yeah I <laughs> oh agree. yeah for sure you could definitely you could definitely use it to kind of i don't know <laughs> we're into like guerrilla warfare with an derivative <laughs> malicious derivatives yeah i, can't I like wait. that i mean it sounds like you could but <laughs> just know. coining words I, over I, here I like it that's uh, like a, that's new... a good post-punk band like i would see them yeah malicious, malicious derivative that is that is <laughs> yeah i would listen just know, off, like... purely based off the name yeah well that's what i was gonna even say like i mean nfts and, and stuff like this are so other uh, they feel like the new punk like they're so counterculture they're so mm -hmm. like against the main green people like really people hate, hate it yeah, yeah exactly yeah. like the kind of hate you get for it this is very similar to like piercings and if you really were like into punk and stuff like that yeah so. yeah that's true and that's i feel like that's a product of the the um stage of life nfts are into i mean that happens with almost anything that blows up right i mean like even if you were to look mm -hmm. back to like rock or like any any really like any like thing that is mainstream now i think at one point was kind of looked down upon by the outside world and then it kind of just blows up and people get you know there's a giant overhaul yeah, oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. And I think the market's mature. Um, like, uh, there was some article I just read about, you know, the guy, there was there was a dude at one point who spent like almost $3 million <laughs> on a, like a picture of the Jack tweet. Because at mm -hmm. that time, people didn't understand really what NFTs are. Like at right. that point, yeah. right click save, right click save was a valid criticism. And now, <laughs> yeah. it, but, but now people kind of understand it's more about a community. It's about access. And if you have access to this, then you can have mm -hmm. access to that. You can do this and this could be a proof of purchase for that, et cetera. But what I think now we get stuck up in is you have people who have a lot of hustle and let's say you have people like, I am not a dev. I, mm -hmm. I don't know how to code. Mm -hmm. um, so let's say I did like, I, we need, we all need each other. So you have these people who have a great idea, like, or like they have a, you know, a great idea for a token or a contract or for a utility. And then they're like, well, what do I attach it to? And I think the problem that a lot of these people are running to now is they're really underthinking the art but also overthinking it and yep. what just to expand on that so it's not nonsense mm -hmm. it's just anime for instance and azukis mm -hmm. and in and, and manga or whatever so you have you've always had that a manga and anime they mm -hmm. predate nfts and they're bigger than nfts and they always will be that's like a genre of art so mm -hmm. if Azukis are popular, if you can find something innovative to do with manga or anime, that's not a derivative. Derivative, you're operating in that world. Just like you might have Jim Jarmusch doing a noir movie, mm -hmm. and then you mm -hmm. have uh, the Coen brothers doing a noir. 
it's mm-hmm. it's it's a kind of a, a play space where you can just kind of you know you can play around with all these different definitions and icons mm-hmm. and create something in that in that land and i think that if nft projects start thinking about it more that way mm-hmm. and and because because yeah you do kind of want to be on point and you do want to follow the trends because there's things that are cool and things that are not cool like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you don't want to be in a grunge band right now <laughs> you don't want to be a grunge band. Anywhere. I got something to say. <laughs> yeah, but, but if you at this point, if you're 200 gex, that's even more useless. It's almost yeah. better to be in a grunge band. So you, yeah, you, it, you you want to be part of what's going on. But I think it's just important to think broader and, and to not be afraid to use a little creativity. And mm-hmm. if you don't have it, to admit it and then just find the person that does and team up. Yeah, yeah, for I, sure. agree, I mean, I, I think that's. That's something that if you study art and art history that people will see a lot. Like every every art cycle is basically a reactionary effort or movement against the previous cycle. You know, the oh, previous yeah. cycle was renaissance, then it goes like crazy, and then it goes like conservative, then it's crazy. Like, you know, it goes, you know, it just kind of is a rebellion. It's like the pendulum the swinging, swinging, yeah. No, exactly, it, but nobody wants to be that first person to go, you know, against the whole grain, but that's the whole point of artists. Right? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. So J- Jordan, uh, I mean, I probably should have asked you this question at the the beginning um, no before we get before we get too tangential. I just want to bring us back <laughs> for a sec. Um, so yeah, so so Jordan is a part of the Ragnarok team. Jordan, can you speak a little bit on on? Yeah, this probably should have been at the beginning. My bet on that. No, it's fine. <laughs> no worries. Um, you know, maybe you can cut and paste it. We can do a segue. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, so Jordan's part of the Ragnarok team. Uh, anyone that's in the NFT space, I think, is probably familiar with Ragnarok. Um, you know, Matthias and I, we're, we we did our, I think, second episode on on Ragnarok and, you know, we were both pretty excited on it and we're glad that it uh, that it's gotten the traction that it has now. If you could just speak a little bit about about what Ragnarok is and how you got involved, that'd be great. Oh, yeah, for sure. So uh, I, I, I'm a newcomer to Ragnarok. I've been in it for about uh, just shy of a month. Um, fan hit me up. And he had seen, you know, some of my art and he liked it. And he was like, do you think you could do this? And I did a tryout and he was like, yeah, I think you could do this. And so, you know, I'm, I'm so happy to be on the team. Uh, and I had known about Ragnarok beforehand. I had been following it and I had a feeling that it was, you know, going to do well. But at that point too, some of those projects that are doing so well, you're like, oh, I don't know, I'm never going to get in the whitelist for that. You know what I mean? So yeah. You're watching it, but you're kind of like, sour grape seed like maybe you're not even like knowing as much about it as you could so i really started learning a lot about it as i'm part of it and super exciting mm-hmm. so it's like a like a metaverse rpg mm-hmm. but it is also a profile pick now so the profile picks um that are done by sasha kim who's like fantastic artist mm-hmm. uh they're the first step and then what I'm doing as a character modeler is we have a playable demo of the uh, RPG uh, Ragnarok.xyz um, mm-hmm. best played on desktop. But so we have a playable demo already. Uh, but wow, my which job is huge is, comparative, like to a lot yeah, of a yeah. lot of projects. Yeah. Like they're like pre pre revenue, pre project, pre art, pre everything. They're like one billion. You know, like it's so it's, it's going to be sold out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and that's what I really, and, and that's when I knew right away that, you know, fan was different and he is He's just like a mm-hmm. different level of guy. And I'm really pumped about the team, but 
they had something workable and there's a team and they're in action accomplishing the goals and and coordinating you know i'm coordinating with with uh, one of the people that i'm working with is another great artist um who is on twitter he's gucci toxins and mm-hmm. he's done some of the graphic work on the on the website itself and you've seen his work on the on the twitter but also just helping me out with some of the, the outfits because again what my job is as character modeler is you're, you're going to have this profile pick and then that you that reveal is going to happen soon and then when you get your reveal you're going to be able to play that character in the game mm-hmm. and wow you're also going to be a ronin zero and this i think points towards what we had talked a little bit earlier about with scaling solutions is there's only going to be 7,777 Ronin zero, mm-hmm. but you're going to be able to play your character in this game. And then you're going to be able to, with two Ragnarok, you can breed, make a baby, make a baby. <laughs> and so I'm not sure exactly what that's going to look like yet. Um, but we're going to be able to have new Ragnaroks coming in. So as the meta, you know, as the metaverse expands within the rpg because it, it you know it's like a 3d world that you can kind mm-hmm. of travel around in um it's going to be cool because we are going to be able to bring some new people in uh and then they just have a lot planned i mean they're dropping uh if you check out the roadmap they're dropping like a, a manga chapter really just going over the lore and then there's going to be you know eventually at some point in addition to just the game really launching with more quests uh, but they have, uh, sorry, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're good. Yeah, you probably can't leave that, too much. And anyways, the, I do want to speak on that roadmap a little bit too. Cause I, I remember talking to Matthias about this. Like when you hop on the Ragnarok website, you can, the roadmap is like, uh, yeah, everything I'm saying is straight from the roadmap. Yeah. So I, I don't want to repeat the whole thing, but no, I, no, I'm you're good. Cause I love it. No, but what I I was going to say is like that roadmap on the website is so cool because you can like pick your character and then you kind of walk down that path and each of like the different corners that you hit on that path is like a different part of the roadmap. It's like the interactive roadmap. It was really cool. I liked it a lot. And I think it gave us some insight into what the characters would look like too, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. No, I thought that that was really cool. And you know what? Like, um, it's kind of cool too. I feel like a cool opportunity for as an artist because you know, with these like with these projects that have a limited supply, they're not scaling up or anything like that, then it's kind of like, okay, like what's what's the next what's the next thing I have to do? But like with a play to earn game where there's going to be like multi-generational Ronin zeros or you know what I mean? Like you have to have two Ronin zeros and then you can breed like that gives you yeah. another opportunity. Like and you there'll know, be a work. rental option, I believe, for those who only have one, you'll be able oh, to nice. rent, rent a Ronin. <laughs> oh, cool. Rent a, <laughs> that kind of sounds like eerily like prostitution to me, but. Um, I don't want to get into yeah. the humanitarian <laughs> aspects of it, but we're early in the metaverse. No, like, um, I, <laughs> nothing's illegal in the metaverse. Yeah. Is that what <laughs> yeah. Are there any Ronin zero police officers? Um, no, but <laughs> it, it is. It is a really cool opportunity, I feel like, as an artist, because you get to continue to work on the project, right? Rather than like, okay, what's the next thing? What's the next job that I have? Like for you, yeah, I, like I bet it's but... just done after the profile pick. It's kind of it kind of feels boring, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's that's, that's cool. It's a cool opportunity for you. Um, can you describe a little bit to us, like, how would you describe the Ragnarok PFPs, and then how would you describe the Ragnarok uh, in-game characters from an art perspective? Um, from an art perspective, so the PFPs, uh, 
they have a great like manga sensibility to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I feel like it's more vivacious and energetic than mm-hmm. Azuki, like Azuki of the profile, and there's like a stillness to it. There's something mm-hmm. cool about Azuki, right? Yeah, I think Ragnarok and the reason the one of the reasons that I think the profile picks are so genius is because they're you can tell that they're all ready for action. This is an action-oriented project. You're going to play all these characters. There's so if a they tenseness. have a weapon, yeah. they have a weapon. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I think there's kind of a more of a youthful current hipness also mm-hmm. to the characters and their design and their traits. I think it's more 2022, at, mm-hmm. least, at the very least. And so I think what makes Ragnarok different visually in those profile pics is just there's a sense of energy and uh, something's about to happen. Yeah. Ready. You can tell something is imminent with Ragnarok. Right. Like that sword's about to get unsheathed. Yeah. Like what's the old Shakespeare, like the in media res or whatever. Like you're in the middle of it right now. you're, You're looking at this person and they're in the middle of something. And they just turned to the camera and you took a shot of them. No, They're and that's a like, yeah. that's an important juxtaposition too, I feel like. Cause with the Azukis, like I agree, like they do look really cool. Like they have this stillness to them, like there's a peace almost. Like it it just it just has this like it has this injection of like just like a calm, like lack of motion, just like just chilling. Like it's like almost like the after the fight, uh, you know what I mean? Like kind of just walking home kind of sense. Whereas like the the Ragnarok PFPs, I think, have a lot more a sense of like this potential energy like something's about to happen like you said and like that or they're even even like it feels like they're in motion like they're like it's it's like the calm before the storm or like even that in between i feel like the yeah. ragnarok has and it's very uh it, it's it's pretty apparent in the art too and you know what like yesterday we talked to um yesterday we talked to or two days ago we talked to the the vivid team and uh they're using Acubright uh, as their artist, and like that, I think that art's really cool too. I mean, mm-hmm. so we we have talked a little bit about art on the podcast, but this is the first time with an artist. So I, I think it's important that you you're giving you know, you're giving the PFP juxtaposition between the uh, Azukis and and Ragnarok because it kind of gives us like an artist lens into into what a PFP means and what you know. Yeah, uh, and, and the that's themes. one thing they did. And again, I'm I'm new to Ragnarok. So. Mm-hmm. So they, there was some work done on those, you know, the, the demo was playable before I joined. Mm-hmm. And so Sasha came at, also worked on the, the sprites, which is like that the sprite, you can actually see them a little bit in the demo every now and then. They're mm-hmm. like the black and white characters that look like sketches. Mm-hmm. Do so you, do you all, work pretty closely with Sasha Kim too? Like, do you, like, does not, your team and Sasha Kim's have a lot so of... so busy with the profile pics. I, mm-hmm. I've barely been able to, to talk with her. I work mm-hmm. a lot with Gucci and I work with, you know, Fan. Fan is the is the guy who's just always on top of things. Hell yeah. That and that's cool too that you get the hands on with the founder because, you know, uh, I feel like when a team gets big enough, I think the, the founder kind of re- like relays everything to one or two members and then it kind of trickled down communication rather than like one-on-ones. Well, yeah. And, you know, I think we'll all be working together more too as we enter into different phases because obviously mm-hmm. with the PFPs, you want them to be beautiful. So that's a high priority. So I, I had never been involved in that. So I'm, I'm not part of that process. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm sure we'll all be tossing our two cents in as, as we're building these characters and putting them in the game. But it, that's kind of one of the really fun things about it as an artist and being mm-hmm. part of a team is 
there's so such a thing these days of like I'm an artist and everything's gonna come from me and it's my world and it's like <laughs> yeah like that's so small like it's so fun to be part of a team where like so you know Fan and Sasha and they've come up with this idea and we have the the RPG and we have the PFPs and we have these energetic PFPs and and I really love the fact with them that these aren't characters they don't look like dossier shots like mm -hmm. that's a picture of this character like there's a character you know that's holding a stop sign and you can tell that they've already used that stop sign on somebody it's bent. yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and i think that there's something tough about that i think it's cool and then she also worked a little bit of the sprites and i think it's also a testament to you know a lot of her creativity sasha's is that the sprites have more of an rpg look versus mm -hmm. the more realistic manga look of the pfp and so how and so then we're translating all those traits so everyone can tell yes my character is my pfp but now they've kind of been given life they've manifested into this metaverse world mm -hmm. so, you, so it's kind of like you're going from that 2d into the 3d and i think it's pretty brilliant yeah and uh it's just been fun just kind of working you know, when you're working with other artists and working with other lines, you, you're going to learn a lot. So I would just encourage artists who are trying to get in, don't hold on too tight to this has to be my thing. Because if we're thinking about it, art is communication. You're trying to communicate, right? And if you're not communicating, what's the point of it? Um, just sit at home. Like, like, if you want to put it out there, you want to put it out there because you want people to interact with you. Mm -hmm. And so just, I think, a little humility um, and just uh, a little, just just be excited about art in general, not just about your art. And your art will improve and you'll find more opportunities. And I think the best opportunities coming up in the NFT space are going to be on these teams for mm -hmm. projects that are legit that are really doing things and like you said that's they're not just minting and then and then in a month we'll tell you what we'll do yeah like, yeah no that uh, is important because i really think that that's that's one of the the problems is even the projects that aren't rugging a lot of them just haven't even started or they even don't move what they're yeah. going to do and it's just again that's where you're running to that scaling solution if you only have ten thousand of them and you haven't even told anyone what you're going to do with it for a month. And then once you tell them now it's going to be another whatever, six, seven months, you're going to start losing interest. And there's not enough people invested to really get the word out. Right. And I think scalability, too, kind of brings value back to the Genesis pieces. Like, mm -hmm. in, I mean, if I'm if, you know, I think a lot of times when there's a Genesis piece and then, you know, there's, you know, there's like a subclass piece or like a next generation, like with what you guys are doing at Ragnarok, like, I think that it kind of creates this in game or like in project hierarchy. And because there are pieces that, you know, were first that have a perceived higher value, I feel like the second that there's a second generation, there's more value being brought to the the Genesis pieces because Definitely. people are like, that's the top of the pyramid. That's what I want. And so I don't think that scalability needs to be a bad thing. I feel, I feel like a lot of people get caught up in like the deflationary, like we need to set like a limit. We need to limit the supply because a limited supply means, you know, with higher demand means that they're going to be more valuable. But I think that you can scale out an NFT project without losing value on the Genesis pieces. Oh, for sure. I mean, and I've seen that, you know, one example, 
and this isn't like my number one when it comes to although it's fun i'm not hating but like the the cosmo dinos which is they're like a french team i think mm-hmm. and they came out with their like the gods and then they came out with the alpha which is and then and then the so the gods i guess is the genesis very small and then they had the alpha collection and mm-hmm. then they had the omega and so you're building excitement for the next one amongst the ones who have the genesis right another, another project that's done that recently is shines anyone who bought those shines genesis when they minted the, when they put the companions up for public mint before everyone minted it publicly everyone who had a shine that wasn't listed was able to go and pick up their companion for whatever the, the cost of gas was it was like mm-hmm. whatever 10 bucks for six for me yeah that's but, awesome um, yeah and i i think that's how you do it and I, and I think if you're doing it that way you always will have extra value in that genesis mm-hmm. and i think you can start building out pretty easily yeah, and i definitely. think honestly building out success essential because where do you where do you want to give up with this i i think if you have a big view like with the wasis i'm always like why isn't this bugs fun like why can't this be that big mm-hmm. like like i would love there to be like someday like like a custom ragnarok nike on sneakers yeah that'd that be would sick. be sick and yeah some air like, force ones with the ragnarok like on the logo that'd be yeah, tight yeah or even just like a completely original design and, yeah. and and i just feel like the way that's going to happen is just through word of mouth and more and more people knowing what it is what it is and more and more people feeling like they're a part of it. Mm-hmm, definitely so what uh what uh, what are some you know now that we've talked about ragnarok a little bit we can start focusing more on like the artist um so what are some issues as an artist that you see in the nft space and and what are some uh what are some ways that you think that web3 will impact the art space for you know both the artist and the user well yeah it's a good question i feel like a, a lot of the issues come down to what and really a lack of curation Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there are some marketplaces that do a better job than others. Um, like I know on Solana, there's a couple marketplaces that are like, you have to get approved to, to be on their marketplace, but mm-hmm. you know, open it's like, holy cow, you, anyone can just drop anything. on. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think what ends up happening is you just start, you're just scrolling or if you, even if you're just looking at the upcoming NFT projects, uh, you're just looking down this list and there's just so many clear losers where the art was not thought out. And I remember there was one project that I ended up not being part of, never came to fruition. Mm-hmm. But so I was talking to this one uh, individual who was kind of like a really good marketer. And then uh, the other one was a, a coder who had this idea for a token or, or at least, you know, had the ability to make one. Mm-hmm. And so I remember we were talking about, you know, what we were going to do and how we we're going to do incorporate that with an nft and i i was saying you know we should do like one of those a token where you can earn from like walking like mm-hmm. you know like you track your miles they're like no no that's, that's, that's a stupid idea income step in i know i know i although i think i would have been late anyway yeah like we, we would have been like just fresh on the heels it's funny. Right. I feel like when you when you have these ideas, and like someone's already thought it. Like I always feel like whenever I have an idea, like oh, this would be really cool. Yeah. Like someone someone has already thought about it. They just haven't put it out yet. And so like a lot of time, like by the time you're ready to put something out, like someone's already put out that idea, and like it you were happens. just a little bit late to the game. Yeah, it happens, and I think and there's and it's all it happens in all avenues. Like 
mm-hmm. there, there would always be like i you know my uncle uh one of my uncles is a is a cameraman and i remember always just got kind of going through and reading all the ads for you know the one ads and there would always be like three peter pan projects in the same year like <laughs> all the different studios they would magically just kind of gravitate towards the same types of projects at the same times and maybe that's because of you know whatever they're all surrounded with you know exactly. what i mean yeah no no, no. Uh, it's true and it's funny too i feel like that's a wild driver in the nft space is like a race almost to see who can do something first like uh you know we've even noticed on shogun war too like i feel like some other projects kind of try to beat us to the to the to the starting line and like mm-hmm. it's not necessarily a bad thing i think competition drives a lot of value to both projects it's just like you you can tell like when something is rushed you know what i mean oh, yeah. like i think some projects just feel rushed and i think it's because they see that someone else is kind of in the same space as them like even if it's not 100 percent, even if it's just tangentially in the same space they're like okay we got to beat them i feel like you know rush rushing something is never never the best for quality and sometimes it kind of becomes apparent on the project as well yeah and i understand how it happens too because you know mainly you know there are some websites but mainly i feel like a lot of people learn about an upcoming nft through twitter and so you go on twitter and so let's say you're trying to push your nft well you have to be able to push your nft without showing them an example of a profile pic or what the nft is but the second you post that anyone could come in and mm-hmm. just say, you know, if, if, if they're mobilized and they already have a team, they can maybe just, they can basically take your design and, and churn it out faster than you can. Yeah. I mean, exactly. that's, and that's been happening in, in, with uh, fashion. Yeah. Uh, Zara, Zara, I think there's a whole documentary on that about how these, you know, this, this one brother, sister design team in Paris, they came out with a shirt, they showed mm-hmm. it on, you know, runways in Spain before they actually had their shirt in stores zara had the knockoff in their stores <laughs> yeah that's crazy yeah I, so, what's the name so of that I documentary i kind of want to give it a watch get caught up in it you know but <laughs> yeah I, the, the importance of having preparation before you start promo no i agree definitely yeah no and it's, you it's... Start the promo you're in that race yeah, no, it's and I mean, I think that speaks to Ragnarok too, right? Like you, you were saying you guys already had so much in development before like the mint even happened. And I think that that, you know, you can kind of see that when a project mints. Oh, for sure. Like, I I, I feel like I'm probably one of the, 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 the latter people added to the team. I mean, they've been at this for months. Yeah, yeah. And um, so but it's, it's definitely, it's really important to show at this point, I think that mm-hmm. you're doing it. I think for a while it was enough to say we're going to do this and similar to kickstarter like when kickstarter first launched people were like i'm gonna make a board game and everyone's like yeah you are and they're all (laughs) throwing in their 50 bucks and i think in the beginning because it was smaller the people who said i'm gonna make a board game they did and then everyone started believing in it but then everyone just realized oh i could just take all this money (laughs) and so then that started happening and so now if you're gonna show your project on a kickstarter you're gonna need to show some more work because right it's, it's gotten to that point where people can take advantage of it and so yeah, you gotta you, really get out there you want to make sure that you're putting your money towards something that you know has already had some progress because i mean it gives people a little bit more faith i feel like that's intuitive too yeah 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 it's huge it's yeah. huge and i think too it it uh, it's tough to assemble a really good team you know it's it's hard i i think the 
the key thing too with the NFT space and people looking to do a project are like, don't underestimate what this is. Because like this failed token I had talked about um, when they were trying to work out the NFT for it, I had come up with certain, you know, several ideas. And then at one point they were just talking, they were like, you know, the art really doesn't matter. I mean, they're putting stick figures out there. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know if they were like referencing like the MFers or whatever, but the MFers, first of all, are not just stick figures. They have a vibe. <laughs> they have a, they have a vibe that's rebellious, but also chill and approachable. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, funny too. Cause I feel like the, the space itself has already, already has a lot of, uh, you know, anarchy injected into it. And I feel like these projects that go like a level further and they just release something that's like simple and kind of like, you know, it feels counterintuitive. It feels kind of insulting. I feel like it's not always out of like being lackadaisical or like just trying to like do something that's easy. I feel like sometimes it's almost like a, it's almost like a statement. You know what I mean? Like they're trying to, they're oh, trying to, sure. it's like a, it's like almost counterculture to the counterculture. Yeah, I mean, the ladies are a perfect example of that, where you have a, a, a profile <laughs> The ladies are look, so based. So yeah. Funny. yeah, they're <laughs> so <laughs> tough. They're so yeah. tough. And, and you know, from a standpoint, looking at the profile pictures, personally, mm -hmm. a, a lot of them look very similar to me. But, <laughs> like, like, it's tough to tell the difference between some of the traits, unless you have, like, you yeah. know, a, like the strawberry head or whatever. But versus like, you know, with Ragnarok, they're working so hard at making sure that every single one of these characters is distinct and like that yeah. every floor piece is perfect. But at the same time, the Miladies were able to cap like capitalize on being able to see their profile picture and fitting an energy to it that matched. Mm -hmm. So like while the like we were I was saying like the MFers, they're like they're badass, they're tough, but they're also laid back. They're probably stoned. They're approachable. You can hang out with them. They're like Matthew McConaughey. Dave <laughs> <Hughes Bob. laughs> but yeah. the miladies, they were like, this is toxic. The best thing <laughs> to do with miladies is to create like toxic chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Histrionic borderline yeah. personality disorder. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to go nuts. Such a vibe. <laughs> Exactly. Well, schizo. I love that. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. that's what I think is interesting about this. So, like the the MFers and stuff like that. Like, I remember art like that, um, kind of coming up, growing up, like E Bombs World and different, like you know, games online that were like just weird, kind of like weird games, but you would play them because they're kind of funny. Like, I don't know if you guys remember those like stick men that would like fight other stick men, and like it was just like this on like long oh, yeah. video. Yeah. Like it's like that generation, but from the outside looking in, it looks like people are just like what is that even that's a stick figure like it does they don't get it and i think the milady thing is like a very very punk rock as well it's like if you're looking at somebody that has like a shaved head and a neon green mohawk like it's not for you to like it's like it's so you don't like it on purpose <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, like yeah, it's like yeah you know it's like you're not a part of this like the miladies took like toxicity and they're just like we're gonna get weird and like you can't be canceled here like you can say whatever psychotic shit you want, and you will just the ladies are just weird. Like like they're just exactly. like I'm, I'm it's down. Primal for it. scream therapy. It's like this <laughs> exactly. is a safe space to, to be unsafe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's like that's like their vibe is like you can just be crazy. Like it's like sounds good. <laughs>
for sure yeah. and and i so i i think that's important too is like know what you're delivering because mm-hmm. there's a lot of cool projects like i really like the the museum of modern borpa all the oh stuff yeah i really like dropped. those too those are so, their videos are so good the, right that's what i'm saying <laughs> i feel like i feel like they need to get those videos out better and more like i think one of the main issues was like they were on youtube which is cool but very few people i feel like click a youtube link off of twitter they don't want to get off of twitter you got to yeah. get those videos on twitter so people could just watch it right there they don't want to go to that second location with you especially yeah, if you're like sure. an nft project you know mm-hmm. well i but think those the videos too, were they hilarious were- they were they made me laugh every time i almost bought one just for like the videos but like i think the problem too with some of these is like the you know right like writing in first person second person like the borpas i feel like would make you feel like a like an audience member like oh my god these are hilarious yeah but i don't know if you'd identify with them you exactly. know what i mean you don't feel like you are yeah the, the milady is like a psychotic it. mask you put on and you're like time to be crazy like just and get on twitter and just start a fight like you know what <laughs> i mean I like think a that's a really pit. good point yeah i think <laughs> yeah. people in profile pics have lost that like because you know and he, he, you know you just go down one rabbit trail to the next but yeah it is really important that you can identify with what you're buying if you're not mm-hmm. like that's me yeah, and I guess there are people that do collect those NFTs. Like people collect photography NFTs. People collect, yeah. you know, one one pieces. But for me, I I find it always easier to pull the trigger on. I'm like, that's mine. Like the the true degen activity. Like when I was like looking through like the Shinsei Galver secondary. Like I'm not just trying to buy a floor or a rare one. You're trying to find mm-hmm. the one that you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my character. Mm-hmm. yeah exactly like it's more of like identifying with the character when you're investing or you're buying for like the art like you really enjoy it like that i think there's another thing like i don't think anybody's gotten rich for like flipping miladies you know what i mean like unless yeah. they just minted a ton and just like then sold mm-hmm. them on the secondary but like nobody's like going through and degening out of like oh this milady with like 69 drip is gonna be like you know somebody's pfp or something like you know i'm gonna buy it exactly for- yeah, it's like it just doesn't happen. I think the Borpas kind of fell into the same same way, but uh, I always like. I mean, I love the Borpas; they were hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I I would get. I just I just appreciated that they were really taking time to look into the different, uh, you know, the icons that make up an art piece, especially a mm-hmm. portrait, which a profile picture is a portrait. So, like, you know, yeah. what can the eyes represent? What can the mouth represent? What what can the the shoulders represent or the head itself? It, it it doesn't have to just be like, oh, this one has a pipe. This one mm. is holding a slice of pizza. Like <laughs> it's got can, a cigarette all, or like, yeah. They can have meaning. They, they can mm. be imbued with meaning. Well, I feel and like I, the I, people behind the Borpas actually knew art as well because they were going through like the historical art, like the Renaissance and like all these different ones that they like actually yeah. knew art too. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if some of these way. guys do. Yeah, like yeah. I don't know if some of these other ones are like, you know, warring warthogs really knows like renaissance art and like you know these different ones yeah like, eh. and that's what yeah. really attracted me to the wasis was actually the, the, their traits and how there mm-hmm. was something just so fatalistic about it and and you know that's part of the whole thing where you know the wasi only lives, <laughs> they only live two weeks they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but how they'll have like the they'll have they'll just have a sword going through their belly 
or they'll yeah. have a crown <laughs> on their head, but that's upside down. Mm-hmm. Which is like the whole is like a, almost like a blinded by power reference. Like I just feel like they really put a lot of attention and thought into the meaning behind those traits, and that makes the traits really interesting. And I think when you have something like that, it makes it tough to sell. And if you and you know you can do like the kaiju whatever thing. I forget the actual kaiju project it was where they, if you are listed under this price, we're deleting you. I guess that's one way to raise a floor price, but people might not buy your new floor price. If you want to raise the floor price, you want traits and characters that people really want to have and that they really identify with those traits and that character, and that makes it tough to sell. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, that's what I was going to say. I think some people misidentify like that, you know, supply and demand, everybody goes for the supply side and they're like, oh, great, we'll just make their like be one or like 10 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it works both ways. Like if you have a ton of demand, you can raise supply. Like it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but everybody goes to, like, really, yeah, exactly. But everybody's like, oh, I'd rather make, you know, uh, five instead of making 10,000 because then even if there's a little demand it's still worth more <laughs> instead of trying to make the demand really the the crux of the whole thing that it, that's huge that really is huge is no one's uh, it's very i'm not saying no one but it's very important to think about how are we going to make people want these things and i think yeah. and that's the one reason i didn't end up you know working on that one project just not because I was my artistic sensibilities were offended when they were like <laughs> people are doing stick figures, but I was just like, these guys, I don't know if they're really quite getting it. I don't yeah. know if they're quite respecting the MFers enough to understand that it's not just a stick figure. And mm-hmm. I don't think that they're really considering how important it is that people actually need to see this thing on their phone or on their desktop as a picture and say, yeah, yeah I'm going to spend hundreds of dollars on that (laughs) yeah you know what i mean like and and, you know and and when it comes to the utility like you know some of these projects they they might say oh well you know it's fiber art but we're gonna have a great alpha channel and it's like well are you i mean there's a lot of projects already out with great alpha channels they don't need to Mm -hmm. buy into your Mm -hmm. alpha channel like you know I think that the chubby corns are kind of notorious for that. Um, <laughs> we swing you know it on I mean? everybody here. I like it. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah. totally. No, no, I'm saying that <laughs> the chubby corns have a great people. alpha channel. So, oh, like, I thought you were saying there was like a shitty alpha channel. They're like, these guys no, are notorious no. for having a shitty one. I think Jeebus. Which I'm fine with, you know. Yeah, he's an OG, like, crypto OG, OG, I think. I don't know if he's like an Ethereum. Not Is he an Ethereum founder or something like that? He's like, I think, really really old but oh yeah um, I, I would i didn't know that i just knew he was like fire the post for fire yeah and then he's I, like, I think he's been around he for a long time got deleted well, I, it seems like that's kind of like a rite <laughs> of passages having your account deleted i know because well, i think people were saying like what the like they they uh they banned jeebus like he's literally it was something for like fake news or something stupid and it was like he's literally like uh, like an og theory I, I think they were trying to ban a bunch of people for it or um when the metamask uh um, um, what's his face uh shoot the guy i mean not to get too spicy in the pod but like the guy came out as like actually catholic and was like no they don't think this is cool and they were like good burn him oh i stake. remember that whole you thing, remember that yeah. right brant brantley or well, something like brantley, that or, yeah yeah some, the dot I'm not into that, so, so. yeah the dot, the dot eats. Eats guys it's, are like 
fuck that guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Decentralized, yeah, the, fuck that guy. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. The yeah, dot, dot like, okay. community definitely, and you know, I'm sure it, it, there's overlap, but there's definitely a little bit more of no, normal Twitter mixed in. Yeah, but like then, then they banned Jeebus too or something. It was like what? Yeah. The, he was like, I don't know what he was like, collateral damage or something. I think, <laughs> but that that was a pretty wild, wild time. I think somebody needs to do like a a history of crypto Twitter and all the dramas and stuff like that. It's Just like, like a timeline. Yeah, oh, that would probably be great. In, in, inverse bra or whatever has to do that because he's the only one like with multiple personalities. Enough personalities or interns <laughs> to pull it off. <laughs> you exactly. know? Just a Twitter timeline <laughs> with like all of the significant like twitter events that have happened and all of the significant like canceling and deleting and yeah that'd be great there's so well, i learned too. so much just from zach's zach yeah, you know. zach's oh yeah zach's are hilarious he had that mega thread and so when i first got you know because again i was coming in completely like had no idea what was going on and but like yeah. by reading through that one mega thread he has pinned I, I i learned a lot to look out for yep for sure no that's I, crazy yeah no go ahead no, I was just going to say, like, that's why I like this conversation so much is, you know, from the from the it's crazy, the amount of thought that you as an artist put into. And I imagine it's the same for a lot of artists that are like actually, you know, very involved in the space or, you know, working on projects, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's cool getting that perspective from you guys, because I feel like you bring like this in completely other layer to evaluating an NFT project. Obviously, it's like art centric, but like. You know, you also have a lot of opinions that are that are outside of the art too, and which which I think is important. But like, it's cool getting this like lens because I feel like at some point when this market starts to mature, I think most people are going to be tacking on that that lens from an artistic standpoint as well. Obviously, like, there's value to utility, there's value to community, there's a lot of value to team. But I think like one piece of value that's kind of lagging compared to the others is like the art and the thought behind the art and it's cool getting an artist's perspective because i feel like you guys are already there and we're just not there yet well i it's it's interesting because i think the main goal and you know i when i really started to learn to think this way it was it was through music mm -hmm. um and just like like learning how to write songs and like you know like you know the velvet underground and the stones and the beatles and all these different aesthetics and these different mm -hmm. ways you can place a hook here or you can go into a bridge here, but different ways to frame these songs that then you're delivering and you put a lot of time into it, but you're not looking really for the person at the other end to understand all the time you put into it and all the thought mm -hmm. you're just, it's that whole. And with, you know, music is just like, I like this song or with NFTs, it's the classic, like we like the art, how mm -hmm. you, how it takes a lot of thought, I think in the art that you're putting out to put it out and just have someone on the other side saying i like i like that mm -hmm. yeah they might I not never it... connect on xyz reason for why we don't need them to know why they like it but yeah the time needs to be put in to get them to that place where immediately they see it and they're like i'll have that right i agree and, and i think the only layer to add to that is like there's this, also this layer of complete like it when you get investment layer to everything because it's like mm -hmm. now you have people that aren't aren't like oh i like this art so i'm gonna buy it it's like value is going up everyone else is getting into it so I'm, i mean it's a piece of that is fomo yeah. and i think a piece of that is like just trying to make money and so i think like because of that there is a lack of like oh this makes me feel good like i like the way this looks like i want this to be my pfp and then there that almost gets substituted with like uh you know everyone else is getting into this so i'm gonna get into it 
yes, oh, for sure. Yeah. Although, I mean, you know, there's no way the Beatles would have ever gotten so big either, probably without FOMO. True. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it does it does play its role still, like in, in everything in the real world, like all art and everything. It's like, you know, once your friends get into something, it becomes that much easier for you to get into it, too. There's that exactly. piece of FOMO that pushes you into it. You don't want to be the first and you don't want to be the last in anything, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's there's tough. definitely going to be communities for like each section, you know, like there's mm-hmm. going to be the DGENs that are just trying to flip. There's going to be guys that are looking at Fidenzas, you know, and just going, yep, that's a thousand ETH right there. You know, like there's going to be all these different like, those subcultures. Guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those guys are going to be bag holders. I mean, it's unfortunate, but I mean, it, yeah, it could, could be worth it. Could be a thousand ETH. Who am I to say? But, <laughs> I think it's just going to like have it's going to be more like tribal. There's going to be like smaller groups and then there's going to be these like maladies that are just like swinging on everybody. <laughs> exactly. And and to me, I've, I, you know, just prop me because of just like my background, my personality. I've, I've always been really drawn to the more punk rock projects and the projects yeah. that have more energy and more flagrancy, because I think it really matches the best with, what's going on right now in web three and this whole new market this whole new nft market that's still maturing where mm-hmm. you know three years ago if somebody thought that this jack tweet is worth three million it's not it's not <laughs> you have lost your money you will not get it back sir you know <laughs> yeah, exactly but uh, but so so in the future 20 years from now what are people because you know if you're investing this money in it and you're not selling it you think it's going to be worth money later, later. Um, mm-hmm. What? So I think the projects that are going to end up having the most value are projects, you know, like, you know, like Ragnarok, where it's like, mm-hmm. there's a ton of energy. They're making things happen. They're doing a game. They're getting people in the metaverse. The profile pictures look fire. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or like Wasis, where it's like, this is an OG uh crypto twitter meme they're everywhere and it, uh, there's like 40 different artists making great wasis every day and that was part of the time because like we look at it you know like uh for instance everyone thinks of andy warhol now and they'll like look at you know the campbell suit cans or whatever and mm-hmm. they're like oh so it's gonna look retro to us because that's an old design on that can mm-hmm. and those and we saw those paintings probably the first time when we were like nine in school. But when they yeah. came out in 1961, it, it might as well have just been like a perfectly d- drawn picture of uh, like a Tide Pods. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> just like taking po- Tide Pods or like a Starbucks cup or something. And just yeah, like it was way it. more meme yeah. than people realize because it mm-hmm. has this sheen on it. And I yeah. think a lot of the art in the 60s that's acquired value and kept that value is it's it's timeless it's not just a product of when it was like mm-hmm. it's, it's mm. beyond just like a age of aquarius or something that's like overtly <laughs> 60s it's always gonna look a little yeah. cheesy right but the stuff that really speaks to what was happening in the 60s mm-hmm. like sergeant peppers that's always yeah. going to be huge yeah because like it feels like a time world. machine too Exactly. And so with what, yeah. with the projects I like to get involved in Web3 with, it's the what are the ones that I think really line up with what we're doing here? Because Web3 is punk rock and everybody hates it. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like, you know, there's a place for cutesy, for sure. Like, but I feel like, you know, the Wasis do a good 
job actually of me- of having a little bit of cuteness, but you can tell there's something off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're a little bit weird. Well, I mean, that's what I'm curious. Like, how do we bring so many new how do we bring more artists in how do we like because i know like cute pfps will be definitely draw a certain demographic like yeah um you know like the beans like people were like bagging on the beans a lot and they like i think people don't understand the asian market like that azuki kind of lives in a little bit more is that mm-hmm. like hello kitty is a massive market like hello kitty mm-hmm. is a big brand like you know it's like disney like People don't realize they're like, oh, that kind of looks like a little bit funny or whatever. It's like, okay, you need to realize we're a global kind of industry now. But yes. I wonder how we bring in new artists and get them to really get past like the bias, you know, that they've been indoctrinated. Yeah, I th- I think it's just a ve- it's just a matter of education. And mm-hmm. yeah, it, you know, I remember someone had like I don't get into the Twitter wars, but there was some <laughs> artists who had they were they had always just done art and they're probably whatever doing $200 commissions. Then all of a sudden they said, I'm doing my first NFT. It was some alien a million people are just hating on him and I unfollowed and like, you're ruining the environment. <laughs> and someone wrote, and, and then there was people just battling back and forth. But someone just wrote this longer thread and they were like, Bitcoin takes 0.5% of the world's energy. It's true, but people don't understand how much of the world's energy the internet takes up. Over like 16% of the world's energy is the internet. So yes, it takes up energy, but you know, if you mint the NFT in Solana, that's like posting two tweets. Are you on Instagram? (laughs) It really is just a JPEG. It's the same amount of energy. So I feel like when people get educated and they start to realize what's going on, then we're going to eventually you're going to have that watershed moment where it's easier to be in it than out of it. And I think right now we're just at that we're in kind of like an odd place Mm -hmm. where not only are so many people out of it, but I think that there's like you talked about FOMO, but there's almost just like that feeling of Mo. (laughs) Out on it. (laughs) You know what I mean? And So they want to hate it. (laughs) <laughs> what do you think, so, I, think we all I guess on that note this is probably a good one to to kind of start closing out on too like what mm-hmm. do you think web 3 does for art that web 2 doesn't that traditional or like just traditional art space doesn't do and what and what do you think is the selling point in web 3 to someone who's kind of on the fence an artist that's on the fence between you know kind of just sticking to their 200 commissions and and working their way into the nft space oh for sure so the thing about web 2 is there's a couple massive corporations that own everything and you get to have the pleasure of using their service for free in exchange for them being able to just share you as they wish, which can lead to, you know, you getting more visibility, less visibility. You got to start working the algorithm. You basically need to be a marketer in order Mm -hmm. to work some of these algorithms. Um, <laughs> you're a marketer not an artist i mean yeah I, I think two people don't understand like that tradfi art like traditional art basically there's there's artists like i mean there's art experts that say you know like why is a pollock worth so much or why is it whatever worth? it's basically a bunch of people that are like art historians or art degree people saying yeah that's worth a lot like that's there's cultural significance to it mm-hmm. yeah. and i think they're they're learning about art in nfts and like why is that uh wasi worth you know 1500 bucks or why is it worth you know why is that uh fidenza worth a thousand eth like that's a scam i was like 
welcome to art. Like, <laughs> it's not, yeah, well, you know, like, there's that. It's what I mean, you pay yeah, for, like the right? CIA like, was paying for Rothko or whatever. That wasn't the daily. Yeah, exactly. Deal. It's like, they're like, oh, it's just for, you know, money laundering. It's like, that's always, there's always going to be a dark side to every good Thing. yeah like you know did, what i mean did like, you guys not see beverly hills cop like come <laughs> yeah, on jesus nobody's seen beverly hills cop around here these, these kids it's are too classic. young for the internet <laughs> we gotta bring it to the kids but i know we gotta do the education I, but like let's say you're an artist and you're like i i noticed a lot of artists and when i was trying to get in the street where you're posting on instagram but then like people are getting all their satisfaction just by seeing it and then scrolling past it and so then if someone wants an actual image you have to do like this custom one-off commission and they're going to want to pay you like a hundred bucks. Like they're going to want to pay you like basically minimum wage to do it. If you're really taking your time to do it. Probably even less. And the difference with web three is that, you know, it is a little juice. There is a little money in it. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of people who bought ETH super cheap. And so it's trading at 2,800, but it doesn't really feel that way for them. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that has trickled down a little bit. And so now you have this place where if someone really likes a piece of art, they actually want to pay for it. And I yeah. think it's not so much about, you know, necessarily just the JPEG, but just like having that that proof of ownership, which also can in, in many projects be linked in with access, I think is where it's going. It's no, beyond I... art. There's, there's an element of club to mm-hmm. it. It's it, mm. it's it's and that's why nfts i think really are it is the new social media that, and i like that is it yeah yeah and i like that i like that idea that like you guys are talking about too with like you know art criticism and like who's assigning value to like I feel like this like web3 kind of uh excludes that piece like it, it almost strips it out from like the layer of like from the artist to the user from the artist to like the audience because rather than like someone coming you know a museum or whoever and saying like okay this piece piece is worth this much like we're going to put this up on our wall it's almost like it goes straight to the people that want to buy it and it lets them assign value to it rather than like there needed to be this intermediary right like this exactly like no this gatekeepers. yeah exactly there's no mm-hmm. gatekeeper there's there's not this like subjective removal of value it's just like the value is assigned by the people who want who like it the people who want to buy it the people who want to own it rather than there being like someone in the middle saying like this is worth more than this piece and then you know you know me on the other end being like okay well if that's worth more than that piece then i want that piece even though the other piece makes me feel you know uh, an emotion yeah. or something that's much more mm-hmm. raw or like makes me feel more attached to it it's like i'm gonna buy this just because you know someone said it has more value yeah, it's more pure, I really think. Like, I mean, I yeah. think too in Web3, like you can actually make a good living as an artist versus because there's no gatekeeping. Like if you want to be an artist in Web3, you put out content, you put out work, you put out your art, you keep doing it. You have unlimited communication channels to your who people who are going to buy it. Right. In the art world, it's like you have to get through, go through galleries and you have to do showings and you have to, you know, like it's all this like who you know kind of stuff too if it's mm-hmm. going to be big. So, oh, yeah, for no. sure. And, and, so it, and it, it basically becomes almost impossible. And then yeah. I think, and, and so, you know, and Juan Cornelio, I think I'm saying his name right, Juan Cornelio, he has these wild cartoons, very, you know, not safe for work, disgusting. For <laughs> kind of cartoons. But they're hilarious, I think so anyway. And he just mm-hmm. launched his first project. And I was happy to see it. Like, I didn't buy one um, just because they, they were like a little high for me at the time when they mm-hmm. came out but at the same time 
I was really happy to see that because that's definitely sticking your neck out at this point. Mm -hmm. But only a few more people need to do that before people start taking it seriously and start realizing that this is a perfectly viable way to sell art. Mm -hmm. That artists are making more money. And especially when we're talking about going from the person who has a job, who Mm -hmm. wants to be an artist, to being a full-time artist. I don't know if that can really happen in Web 2. It's really impossible like, if you want to be a sculptor or something like that. Like you're a sculptor and you want to now do sculpting full time as an artist. Like it's almost impossible. Like I don't know yeah. how many sculptors actually do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, because if you're selling your art, trying to sell your art on Instagram or Facebook and Web2, you're not only competing with other people who are trying to sell your art. You're competing with all the art that's ever existed because there are so mm-hmm. many art accounts that are just compiling great sci-fi art or compiling like these amazing images or stills for movie scenes you're competing with all these visuals from the past from the future that are all free and you're mm-hmm. the person saying this is the thing i just made can you pay me versus <laughs> nfts yeah yep. it's a whole <laughs> separate world where it's like we want stuff that's new that hasn't been done before we want to see your new art what do you have to say and so that's why yeah. i think the web3 world I think you're going to start seeing a lot of artists gravitate towards it. And there will be that watershed moment where it's no longer verboten. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like that might be the, that might be the stepping stone. A lot of people need to get into NFTs, right? Because if the artists, if the artists endorse the space, then like what's stopping people from saying like, okay, like if the people who are making these things endorse the space and the bulk of them endorse the space, then like, Maybe it's actually okay if I work my way into NFTs and like I actually do want to, you know, start um, investing in NFTs. If like the artists, the people who are the originators of what I'm buying, the thing that I'm, the thing that's being created, the person that's creating creating it is saying like, yeah, this is a safe space. Like this is where I want to be. Then like maybe that's what people need to get into the space too. Well, For I think sure. that too. Yeah, there's going to be like people that like basically it's going to become uncool not to be on web web three like essentially like everyone's gonna have their guy or gal that they like when they get into web three it's gonna be like okay now it's okay for me to like it whether it's like a streamer video game or artist it's like a shift in social acceptance i mean that's kind of why we that's kind of why we uh why we like uh, bubble world so much right it's like this idea that you're bringing all of these influencers into web three you're creating this bridge from web two to web three i think that's gonna be a huge launch pad you know so to speak, not just for the projects, but actually just a launch pad for people getting into the space. Yeah, the exactly, cultural tide will turn. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. It's like really people don't want to like uh, put in their account, like you're saying, like, you, you know, they post something online, you know, they're an artist and they post something in, in Web3 or whatever. And everyone's like, fuck you <laughs> can go die. You know, like <laughs> all this like really bad, vile stuff. Uh-huh. It's like that jump is pretty bad. But if you go, if you then have like big accounts or big people that they like, are kind of too big for to criticize like where the the fan base is just too too into them or whatever they just don't care um yes. it'll start to switch yeah and, and yes i agree and i think part of the problem that we've had onboarding a lot of people to web3 is that unfortunately a lot of these web2 influencers their interactions with web3 are, are rugs mm-hmm. so like yeah, you'll have sure. like you know i'm Mayweather. launching my coin and then like <laughs> the second the the rapper launches the coin he sells all of it you tell me Kim had... Kardashian's coin is as a rug. I need to go oh, sell something. Oh, Ethereum Max? Or yeah. what is she pushing Ethereum Max? Like, that's BitConnect. Her and level. Mayweather, they're getting sued for, sued for that shit, too. Which is Jesus. 
I, yeah. and, and you know what? And people say that, you know, they don't want regulation. We do, but it's like, it's kind of like, it's like, can you just regulate what sucks? Like yeah. with Twitter, it's like, <laughs> can you get rid of the, do I need to get followed by 40 Elon Musk's every day? Can you yeah. fix the bots and not worry about Jesus? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like no, this, fix what sucks. Get rid of it. <laughs> like, I would love to see you dragging off these rugs and scams and chains. 100%. Yeah, for we sure. The, yeah, I mean, the space needs to become more raw. But when that happens, yeah. I think we know that it's like mainstream. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like when your favorite exactly. punk band is playing, you know, Madison Square Garden. You're like, oh, okay. It's not, They're not like, you're just yours yeah, anymore. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And you're like, oh, okay, fuck. I can't get rugged every other day. Like, it's safe. <laughs> it's sanitized. Oh, like, <laughs> oh, we'll talk about the good old days. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, <laughs> I remember when every other project was a rug and you had to, like, be in Discord grinding for a whitelist and not, you know. <laughs> exactly. exactly. God, I miss those days. <laughs> well, well. Anyways, man. Like, I, I think I feel like us three could talk about <laughs> could talk about this forever. For so sure, maybe for maybe sure. we have to do a part two with you too. But um, oh, yeah. first of all, like, just want to say thank you for hopping on, especially for you know one wow. milestone episode ten and two second milestone our first uh, artist spotlight man like it was it's great having you and like i think that what i've learned from this podcast is like there's a uh, completely another layer to to nfts that a lot of people aren't thinking about and you know i think bringing artists on is going to be really important for for um helping people understand that layer and like helping people get familiar with with another layer of perspective another layer of value that a lot of people aren't thinking about and hopefully like a lot more empathy for the artist which like i said at the beginning of the podcast is kind of our mission for this episode Excellent. Well, I had a great time talking with you all. Uh, yeah, be happy to do it again. I, and I and, <laughs> and us too, man. Like again, thank you, and like keep doing what you're doing. Like we we uh, we really like Ragnarok. We think that it's it's going places. It's a really cool project. We we love play to earn games, um, and you know the PFPs are awesome, and so are the in game characters. So keep doing what you're doing, man. Sounds yeah, good. Thanks, man. Hey, take it take it easy. Thanks. Take care. Bye, guys. Mm.